This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Performances may have improved again, but once more it was the same old story as Mansfield's sorry start to the season continued with a 1-0 defeat at home to Plymouth Argyle, leaving the Stags in 19th with a quarter of the season now played. As Mansfield prepare for a trip to the seaside to face Grimsby, hopes of getting minutes into returning key players were dashed by the rain and postponement of the reserves game against Scunthorpe. Whilst both the rain and the sun have killed any hope of doing a live podcast this week, more on that in a minute. So whilst we may not be able to get your comments in this week, it's probably a good thing, given how the results are going. So have a rest, sit back and enjoy some sort of cobbled together show, which to be fair, is about the highlights of our season so far. As always, we'll hear from boss John Dempster and this week, lonely midfielder Connor Shaughnessy. You look at where you can improve individually and also um, when you're leading a group, it's important that you, you, you look at your staff and you look at the players as well. And you, got to get the best out of them and so far this season I haven't got the best out of the players that goes without saying when you look at results I believe and trust in the players and I think that over a period of time we'll climb the league table um, and you know I, I sound like a broken record I don't, I don't want to be that person that sits here and tells you about performances and the results will follow we simply the, the proof's in the pudding and over the next um, you know batch of games we need to get results. I think the performances have been pretty good. I think the results probably haven't gone our, obviously haven't gone our way for the majority, but I think the performances have been there. And I think we're starting to see a bit of... I think we're starting to see improvement in the performances all around, but, I mean, like the manager said, and like, like we're saying ourselves in the dressing room, we need to turn them into results. So. This is the Vance Film Matters Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans, and the show which this week is themed around our season so far. All the promise is there, all the usual content is there, but it's stuck together with a little bit of sellotape and a little bit of blue tack, and things just quite aren't going right. As I mentioned in the intro to the show there, the rain and the sun has prevented this from being a live show. How, I hear you ask. Well, before we get into the podcast properly, the the sun has got in our way because it's tempted Nathan 
overseas. It's tempted him on holiday. He's entitled to a break, of course. He's basically had enough of how we're performing and decided to jump on a plane to get away from it all. Who can blame him? The rain... I'm sure all of you will have seen me on the pitch prior to the uh, Plymouth game with the mascots, as I always am. Drenched me through, so much so that I've been hit with 75,000 truckloads of severe, that's severe, underlined and written in bold, man flu, which means I've had to have a couple of days off work. I've really not been feeling great. And to be honest, I'm only getting through this uh, by dosing up on tablets, cough medicine and everything, and I've had to stop to have a coughing fit at least six times in the last 30 seconds, but by the power of editing, you lot haven't had to endure that. What are we going to do on this week's podcast? Well, there was a couple of options. The first one was an option which I couldn't really take, which was to leave it. We can never leave the Mansfield Matters podcast. You guys have been fantastic for us over the last three seasons and we feel like you guys deserve some form of content. So prior to flu taking its horrible hold and prior to Nathan jumping on a plane, me and him sat down last Sunday to have a good old chinwag about the stags. So we've got all of that. And then after that, We'll do what we always do and hear from the Stags manager and a player. This week, John Dempster has been speaking uh, about the pressures of the job, something which Stuart Watkiss has been talking about on Facebook as well, a friend of the show, and how he perhaps has overcomplicated things during his tenure so far. I'll have a little bit of a chat about that later on in the show as well. And we'll hear from Loney midfielder Connor Shaughnessy, who tells us what it's like walking into the dressing room and whether or not he believes the Stags can pull things around and start climbing the league table. So we've still got all of that to come. I'm sure we'll probably get about 45 minutes to an hour worth of content out for there for you. Please accept my sincerest, sincerest apologies that we've not been able to bring you a live show this week. Don't worry, we will be back next week. That's we, as in me, Nathan and Cam. Cam at the moment is sat at home laughing because he out of the three of us is the only one who's not ill not on a beach and he's perfectly capable of coming to do the show if i were to do it it wouldn't make pretty viewing i look a mess i have to have a tissue to my face every two seconds because i'm snotting that much none of you needed to know that i don't even know why i said it i'm coughing at a rate of knots and it would just not be a pleasant show at all um so we thought we'd try and do our best and put things together where i'm not dying and nathan is able to contribute as well. So, again, accept my apologies. Uh, I'm rambling. I do appreciate that I'm rambling. And if this was a live show, I'd be doing this much, much more and it'd be a horrible thing for you to endure. So I'm going to shut up. I'm going to go back in time to Sunday and let's find out where, where and what is more important for Nathan Edge to be this week. I mean, let's face it, who doesn't want to be sitting in lovely old Mansfield, looking out of the window, watching it rain? Nathan? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be sunning it in, uh, in Benidorm, so I, obviously I'm very sorry I'm not there, but at the same time I'm not because it's uh, 28 degrees heat and it's beautiful, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously we recorded this prior to me going out there but looking at the forecast it's clear every single day 
whereas Mansfield is rain every single day, so I think I'm getting the better end of the deal. Well, at the moment, it's about uh, 20 to 6 on Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon. It's, it's been raining what feels like two months' rain uh, all throughout today. And to be honest, that's quite a good metaphor for how Mansfield's season's going at the minute, isn't it? Especially when you consider the 1-0 defeat to Plymouth Argyle yesterday. I think there's quite a lot of metaphors that we could sort of summarise at the moment. Some of them we can't use. Damn. Well, I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop there. I'll put dull and damp. Uh, I mean, for us, it's certainly not raining points, unfortunately. Uh, we get, we've got, got nil of them as well. So, um, no, uh, again, uh, we probably sound a bit like a broken record this season. It's uh, another very disappointing result and a disappointing performance. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think... I, before the game, I was, I was dreading it a little bit. Uh, the fact that we were against Plymouth, who were who were you know tipped to be up there at the end of the season, they've done some great recruitment over the uh, close season. Obviously with Ryan Lowe going in, who did it so well last year with Barry against all all the odds. Um, well, I say against all the odds, just given the circumstances that were behind the scenes with them. Uh, but bringing in the players of likes of Danny Mayer, etc., it was always going to be a tough game. But actually seeing them. Uh, against us on Saturday, they actually was nothing special, and that's even more concerning for me. I think we've not, I personally feel we've not really played anybody this season that's made us look like wow, you know, what a team they, they are. They've played great football and things like that. We haven't had that, which makes me worried that although we've not had those sort of teams coming against us, we still haven't picked up many points. So, have we still got teams like that to play, or is it just a standard this, this season in League Two? is relatively low. I don't know what the answer is to that at the moment. The most, frust- the most frustrating thing at the moment is the fact that, again, it's the same old story of missed chances. CJ Hamilton goes clean through just three minutes in. The world's heaviest touch. If he buries that, it's 1-0. And to be fair, I'm thinking if we bury that at that point, we've got a little bit of confidence behind us, the crowd behind us, and we're going to go on to win that maybe 2 or 3-0. Alas, CJ yeah. does a CJ. Well, this is a thing. And uh, somebody sat next to me at the time said it. That's what happens when you have a winger playing as a striker. And it's, it's the same old story for it has been all season and and probably over many seasons, actually, on the previous managers. They've all done it as well, where you play players out of position. Um, there was a, a, a podcast I listened to not long ago, and I can't remember what player it was now, but he was saying about successful teams. Uh, you don't get many successful teams when you've got your best players playing out of position. It just doesn't work, and um, unfortunately, it was a bit like that on, on Saturday, uh, as it has been for most of the season. Players shuffled around, and it, 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 to me, it doesn't. I don't don't see much sense in that. So um, yeah, I think if we had a, a strike on the end of that uh, opportunity, then it could have been a different scenario. But we've got that issue. I know CG has played up front sometimes, and last season, yes, he was in good goal scoring form. But unfortunately, you've got the other issue of confidence, which obviously at the moment isn't uh, isn't very high at all. Yeah, he certainly lacks that. And the same goes, though, because we were talking about there, a striker playing in a striker's position. We we end up bringing on three strikers from the bench. We have, end up with four up front and still we can't score. A man who scored 18-plus 18 18 goals in League One last season against uh, you know an opposition who were in League One last season. Again, couldn't score in Andy, Andy Cook. That's, that's two opportunities in the two games he's come off of the bench from where he squandered them. And... There's some fans now looking and, and thinking, what on earth have, have we done here? Have we made the right decision? 
Um, I, I, I personally think Cook will come good. Me too. Uh, I think he. I think the, the the obviously he's not had many minutes on the pitch at the moment with us. Cause obviously, he's been plagued with injury, which which could be more of an issue than I, I think the injury side of things might be more of an issue than his actual performance. So I think we're probably if it's going to be one negative for him, I think he might pick up a few more throughout the season. So every time he comes back, he seems to get something else. So I think that might be more of an issue than his actual performance. But if he can be fit, I think he might. I think he might. I don't think it's going to be the, the answer to our problems, but I think he will change our dynamics a little bit more and offer something a little bit different than we, that we've already got. So um, I don't. I don't blame Cook too much. Obviously, it'd have been great if he did manage to take uh, take some of his chances. But then you could say the same. You know, like we've already mentioned, like the CJ uh, chance in the first half. So uh, that I think is a collective issue of not taking chances. It was the same at Port Vale. That game probably should have been. Uh, in some ways, dead and buried by the end of the first half, and it wasn't. So um, we need to get a grip on that in front of goal. Um, irony is, at the start of the season, we, we looked good at creating chances and scoring, but we wasn't very good defensively, whereas we seem to have sort of um, figured that out a little bit. We do look a bit more stronger. It was a, it was a worldy goal that beat us against them. But then one of their supporters made a good point at the end of the game. They, uh, they beat us without a striker on the pitch. So... Um, <laughs> it sort of makes it feel even worse in that aspect. But onto the point you said at the very beginning there as well about um, obviously we finished with four strikers on the pitch and still couldn't score. The issue with that was, and I said this at the, at the time that especially that third substitute was made. So first of all, Nicky Maynard for me, obviously we don't know what his fitness levels are just coming back from injury, but he probably should have been on the pitch a little bit earlier. But the problem was is that we took off Otis Khan. Now Otis Khan for me. Although he didn't necessarily create too many chances, he was he was still the one that looked the most threatening. Yeah, some of his movement was really threatening. Some of the some of the runs he was making, I think he was heavily involved in that CJ Hamilton chance early doors as well. Yeah, he was the one. He, he got the ball and he was running at the defence and he was causing problems. Uh, it was just unfortunate some things didn't come off him. But for me, he was still a man of the match. Now taking him him off at that point was um, a, a crazy decision for me because. Yes, you want to say we're going attacking with four strikers on the pitch. However, who was going to supply them? And all what we ten, what we technically really did, because we had two defensive players in in uh, Macker and Bishop, uh, we was really playing a six-zero-four formation because you had six defensive-minded players on there and four attackers, so nobody to unlock that door. So. I, I even though he hasn't been playing well, Mellis probably should have been on the pitch. He could have been the one to try and unlock the door. Khan should have stayed on. It just didn't make sense. Although it was important to throw some strikes on there, it didn't make sense by not changing that midfield to be more creative. It's one of those things, isn't it, where I suppose in some respects you can say he's still a young manager, he's still learning, he'll learn by those mistakes. But at the end of the day, you look at the, the form table at the moment, technically after at half-time at Grimsby, we would have played 25% of the season for those who want to be pedantic. But I'm going to say we've played 25% of it now. If you look at the results we've had so far, what, just uh, just two wins so far this season, one win in the last eight games, four games without a win. We're struggling to score. We we still there's the potential there and you can see these glimpses of the potential the second half we improved and we played well at Port Vale and we played well against Cambridge before Matt Preston's ridiculous sending off the glimpses are there but it's still not consistent enough and I know that 
we can argue and we can say that he needs to give his new backroom time to settle and gel and build but as the season ticks on the games come thick and fast we could find ourselves here at the end of October in another five games time still without a victory or, or with, with just one win in those five games and that simply won't be good enough at, at that point and action will need to be taken won't it? Well that's the point I mean if it carries on as it is then um, you, know, you, you would say something surely would have to be done uh, further down the line but and you're probably going to say um, the, the hopes of promotion or even reaching the playoffs at that point could be well well and truly over I mean that's talking a couple of months down the line you know you can go on a good run and you know with the position we are in now we could easily with a few runs to, uh, you know a few wins together we could um, start clawing our way back up there but it's, it's that big question is how long do you leave it till you make that decision uh, you know how long do you give him to, to turn it around and that's that's a problem if you leave it too long and uh, and, then, and then change it further down the line. What's the uh, the, the target then? Is it to stabilise and then go again next year? Or is it just going to get someone in to ties over till the end of the season then we change again? It, it's a lot of questions there, which, um, you know, the, unfortunately, it's going to be the tough, uh, tough, tough job of the of the directors and, and the chairman to make that call. But um, I, for one, feel like you know, they can't leave it too long. That's got to be the big thing. They've got to be brave and act at some point. I found it very interesting after the game uh, yesterday, of course, we're recording this on Sunday. It's currently about 10 to 6 for those who haven't clicked on yet. Uh, I found it very interesting on Facebook that there was a, a post in, uh, I think it was the Mansfield Town FC followers group uh, by a man who we both know very well, uh, a man who's got good connections to Saturday's game as well in, in uh, Stuart Watkiss, who's obviously working abroad at the moment, but still holds the club very dear to his heart. He, he put a really honest and really open post about uh, the management, you know, being the manager of a club when he, you hold it so dear to your heart like he did and like John Dempster uh, obviously does can be a very very lonely place and whilst it, it, it's it's all well and good to, to say those things it's a very fickle world in which we live in and I don't think if Stuart Watkiss as much as I respect him if he was a manager in, in nowadays football we remember of course when he was the Stags manager social media wasn't as as apt and wasn't as present that pressure would have been 10 times as more than what it was when Watkiss was manager so it's one of those isn't it is how does John, John Dempster cope with that and following the footsteps of Watkiss and you know go down that path to be ultimately successful rather than looking back on his tenure as Stags manager with that heavy heavy heart and that heavy tint of regret um, that's I mean obviously that's a very big question I, I read the post that Stuart Watkiss put on there and it was a lot of things he said was, was 100% um on the money, really. I mean, the, the things he was saying about the fact about the personal abuse. I mean, there's there's, there's no room for that. That's Absolutely not, not. You know, I know it's an emotional emotional game, and you know, supporters care about the club and things like that. But personal threats and absolutely not acceptable. And he's, he's absolutely right by saying, you know, John John Stemster is still a man. He's, you know, a father or uh, a son. He, you know, he's still got a life outside of football, and. Um, he, he will be this will be affecting this is his job you know it's going to affect him it's not like he doesn't care um, so like I said all those you can voice an opinion but there's a way of, of doing it and, and personal insults are certainly not the place so um, you know that's he was absolutely bang on the money with that but 
as going to the, the point of how what what John John Dempsey can do in this situation, obviously it's a position that he's never been in before. He's only managed the youth team before, and it's a completely different kettle of fish, which was one of the risks that our um, you know, decision makers would have calculated at the time. Um, so we gambled on that, and I think for me the the only way John Dempster can deal with this situation now is by being bold. He's got to. He's got to do something. If he, if he keeps it as it is, then I think, unfortunately, the only, the only way it's going to go is the way it's going at the moment, and that's uh, in a negative spiral and not picking up many points. But if he does something and changes either whether it's his, maybe his managerial style or uh, the way he manages players, does it, does it become more strict with them? Or, you know, I don't really know what his style is at the moment. He seems a quite laid-back guy, so does he try and go sort of to the next extreme which is a bit more like a Steve Evans sort of management um, you know something needs to be different to try and get the results out of the players because we know because we've seen it over the years these players can perform but it's how you get that out of them I think the big thing for him I don't know whether you agree is he's got to make a bold decision in terms of the personnel because so far it hasn't really seemed to me like a a John Dempster team selection. I know that sounds daft because he's the manager, but for me, it looks like he's trying to keep as much of last season's unit and last season's regular side together as he can. I'm talking the likes of CJ Hamilton, who, in particular, who hasn't really performed this season. For me, he needs to make that bold step and say, look, no, this is not working for me. This is not how we're going to play. I'm going to make those changes and you're, you're going to have to fight to get in this team because at the moment, for... What did they score on? 13 minutes yesterday? After, from 13 minutes to half-time, we were pending our own half. There was no fight, no desire. And you cannot go that long in football playing like that and, ex- and not concede. I know we didn't. We got lucky. But if he makes those changes and, and puts his foot down and rules with the iron fist, things could, could turn around. He's just got to make the move and say, this is us, this is me, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to get victory. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that... Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's done particularly well so far. When you think of, there's not been many outstanding performers so far this season, but there's a few players that you can sort of pick off the, the top of your head that have looked good whenever they've been on the pitch. Um, Amari Sterling James, and an example, Otis Khan, I think, had a very bright start. Obviously, Danny Rose has been getting the goals, but he has been given the, he has been given the game time. Um, so. With certain players like that, you just think, why are they not getting the opportunity? Why, why is Sterling James, for me, not on the pitch and given a chance? Because every time he's been on so far in the cup games and the small periods of times that we have seen him when he's come on as a sub, he's looked bright, he's looked energetic and he's looked something different. So those players now need to be given a chance and no matter what players have done for us previously, if they're not performing now, they need to be dropped. There's no two ways about it because... It doesn't matter what they've done before. What matters is here and now. So um, I think that's where John Dempster, I think, I don't know. To me, it comes across that he maybe doesn't want to upset any any players or um, he seems very relaxed about it. And as if he sort of, it's kind of players, because he's a player himself very recently, it's like he still wants to be one of the players. And I think he now needs to make that big boundary now between the difference between being a player and a manager he doesn't need to be best mates of all the players he needs to manage them manage their uh, personalities it's sort of drawing that line between the two and I think that's what he needs to do in order to make some 
bold changes. I don't want to... You know, that's my personal opinion. If something needs to be different. I don't want this to come across as a negative, and it's certainly not, because what he did in the academy is a phenomenal job in getting it up to scratch, and I hope it continues into the next level. But the problem is, as you say, he's gone from being a player, matey with all, all the players, and matey with people of a similar age, like the ones who are in the squad at the moment, to being a coach of the youth team, working with younger players, and obviously sometimes ruling with an iron fist with younger players isn't acceptable especially in this modern world of safeguarding and you can't you can't upset somebody and you know by breathing on right. them and all, all this stuff and, and now he's moved into men's football is he finding that transition tough well one thing that springs to mind straight away then if you if, you, if we uh, roll back the uh, the tape a year or so you know when we had the interview uh, the trip down memory lane with Bobby Assel yep. one thing he, uh, he spoke about there quite uh, quite in depth uh, actually was about how it's different these days managing young kids he said he did say that himself didn't he he said that it's not like it was in the olden days where um, you know you, you play sort of pranks on them and you've got to manage them in a completely different way with safeguarding there's so many different more responsibilities it's a completely different world to, to what it was and unfortunately that's what John Dempsey would have gone through as well he's without with, with that youth set up he would have had to manage that in a completely different way to what you would manage, you know, adults, you know, men playing football. It's a completely different situation. So, um, you know, it is going to be a very big thing to try to, to, to go through that transition. And um, unfortunately, in the modern day football, you don't have long to uh, to try and adjust. And this is the issue. You know, you, you could, you've got two sides of the arguments, which we've got at the moment in the club, is whether you think John, John Dempsey should stay or whether he should go. Now, um, at the end of the day, what you would say, which uh, is the case for most managers, they need time. So he, he will need time to go through that transition and stamp his own authority and things like that. But it's how long do you give them? And that's where we come back to that earlier issue. Exactly. There's only so what much... What do we do? Do we write this season off and just say, all right, promotion is not going to be achieved. It's uh, going to be a concert... Uh, like, yeah, I'm not editing yeah. this. This is going out as it is. I'm not. I'm not doing that. So well, that's, that's... You, people know what I'm like. Anyway, <laughs> I work at anyway. But you know, is, is it going to be a a, a, a season of um, you know just just write it off? Is that what it's going to be? And is that acceptable from our investment side of things? I, I, I think probably not. But. It's not me making the decision. It's, uh, it's the board, and that's their, the problem they've got to face, really. It's a very uh, tough one to ponder. I'm conscious of the time. I know that your plane will be uh, boarding very, very soon, so I will let you go in, in just a minute. I'm sure you'll be pondering this as you lie on a beach somewhere in, in Banadorm. Are you going to be riding around on a mobility scooter? I've heard that they've got two seaters, so I might mind after me and Emma just uh, fair play. Just, just cruising down the down the beachfront. Why not? Well, no matter what you do, don't run over any black cats because I've heard a rumour that's exactly what John Dempster did in the summer when he was on his his holidays, albeit in Portugal. Hence, why we have injuries, suspensions, and all the bad luck coming at once. Uh, final thing to do from yourself before we get going is obviously uh, Grimsby away on uh, Saturday. Time for the uh, pound prediction game. You were closest to getting a point on uh, Saturday. 
he'd predicted a 2-1 defeat. It ended up 1-0, so you don't get the point. Um, but uh, even so, you were the only one that predicted a loss. Uh, so let's uh, have a look. I remember being called Mr. Negative at that point, by the way. And, uh, and uh, there was a good comment, actually, saying, nope, he's just being realistic. And uh, oh, I wonder uh, when you'd bring that up. I wondered if you'd bring that up. Uh, go on, then. Give me your prediction for, uh, for Saturday's uh, away game uh, at Grimsby. Um, I think you're going to say the same again. Uh, Grimsby... I think we're a good side this year. And uh, even when we're a good side, we never, ever seem to get anything at Grimsby, no matter what. So I've already written um, the, the, the letter L for loss, so just give me a score. <laughs> I know where this is going. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 defeat, I'm afraid. 2-0 defeat. But, I obviously hope I'm going to be proven wrong. Yeah, well, certainly so. I'll reveal my uh, answer uh, later on in the uh, in the podcast. Nathan, thanks very much for, for joining us as ever. Have a safe trip uh, across to Ballydorm. When are you back? When when do you land back on UK soil? Uh, I'm only going for a week, so I'm back on Monday, which is just before the uh, the crew game in the Czech Trade Trophy or whatever it's called these days, leasing.com or whatever. <laughs> Yes, the tones there of a man who was clearly delighted to be getting away from Mansfield for a week and not having to watch the way we've been performing of late. I say that, tongue-in-cheek. Again, as we mentioned in that little bit there, the performance against Plymouth on Saturday was all right until they scored, and then the second half it was all right. But again, it's that same old adage, isn't it? Too little too late for the Stags uh, and ultimately another defeat leaving us 19th in the table uh, not been a great start to the season so far at all what I found interesting I was speaking about it in there as well with uh, with Nathan was the um, the comments made by Stuart Watkiss on uh, on the um, on, on the old Facebook earlier this week about uh, the pressures on a manager it's a very interesting one that one, obviously, when Stuart was, uh, who's of course a friend of the show, uh, who when he was a manager, social media wasn't as 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 much of a thing. In fact, it pretty much wasn't a thing unless you had Bebo or, or MySpace or MSN Messenger. Oh God, what days they were! Uh, so he wouldn't have felt the pressures as, as much. Now it's instantaneous, and I know that John Dempster's family and things like that will be on social media, and maybe even Dempster himself will be having a cursory look. So it can't be a nice place to be, and I'm sure. You know, as Stuart says, there will be nobody feeling the pressure more to succeed than the Stags boss, John Dempster, uh, who, of course, was an excellent servant for us as a player, as a captain, and, of course, as academy coach and manager as well, who did really good things with that. Let's not forget that. Sometimes it is quite easy to uh, to forget the things which have happened before, especially when you're in the, the current run of results. Uh, which we've had this week. Time now, though, for me to uh, stop harping on. I've managed to go two whole minutes without coughing. I can feel a coughing fit coming on, though. So whilst I go and die quietly of severe, underlined in bold, man flu, let's hear from the Stags boss, John Dempster, on whether or not the season can be turned on its head as the Stags head for the seaside to play Grimsby on Saturday. You live and you learn with senior players um, about what gets them going, what motivates them on a daily basis. Um, at times this season, I've overcomplicated training um, and there's no need to. You know, We've got some good professionals within our ranks who... Um, know the game and uh, you know you, you want to roll them out on a Saturday or a Tuesday in the right frame of mind where they can go and play with freedom go and express themselves 
um, play with courage um, and that's kind of been the big steer over the last two weeks really as opposed to probably um, you know overcomplicating things or giving them too much information overloading them um, you know give them a bit, give them a little bit more responsibility about going out and performing to their individual best as a coach or manager it's important that you reflect and you're honest with yourself um, and you, you look at where you can improve individually and also um, when you're leading a group it's important that you, you you look at your staff and you look at the players as well and you, you you've got to get the best out of them so far this season I haven't got the best out of the players that goes without saying when you look at results I believe and trust in the players and I think that over a period of time we'll climb the league table um, and you know I, I sound like a broken record I don't, I don't want to be that person that sits here and tells you about performances and the results will follow we've simply the, the proof's in the pudding and over the next um, you know batch of games we need to get results good teams the, the good teams I've played in the good teams I've watched over a period they get results when they play badly. Um, so we've, you know, there's been some bad habits over the course of um, my period where we've played well and not got results. There's been games where we should win and we draw. There's been games where we should draw and we lose. So that's unacceptable. Um, and, you know, we'll be working hard throughout this week and, and going forward to put that right. Um, we're not hiding away from anything. Um, I'll never hide away from anything. I'll never give in. And over a period of time, this this group can be successful. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a poor start. You know, we're not going to hide away from that. But we one thing's for sure: we need to be together, the group. And when I saw them come back in on Monday, it was evident that they've never been more together. Um, and the belief's still there. Um, and it's up to us to get the supporters with us. It's 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 down to us to reward the owners and the board um, for the financial backing they've gave the football club. We're very fortunate to have the owners we've got. If you look at other football clubs around the area who struggle, um, even football clubs higher than us that have struggled, um, I think we should be grateful for the owners we've got, um, the football club, the surroundings, the facilities we work in. Um, there's got to be gratitude as well. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll be working my socks off and on a daily basis to make sure we turn this round. It's tough, you know, it's, it's very, very challenging. Um, I'm fortunate to have a very good support, both at the football club and away from the club. Um, you know, I've got lots of friends and family who are very supportive. But yeah, I, I think I've, I touched on it in, um, after a game. Um, you know, the, the, the weight of the town's on my shoulders. It's something that um, I'm, I'm repeating myself again. It's a football club I care about. Um, I've been here for a number of years. I want success. I want the players to achieve. Um, I want to reward the owners and, and the board. I want the supporters to be happy. I want them to have a team to be proud of. And at this minute in time, we haven't got that um, because res results are everything. Results are everything. Um, it's what the supporters feed off. It's what makes their week. Um, they work hard throughout the week um, in their different occupations. Um, to earn money, they spend it. To, they spend money buying tickets, season tickets to watch us, uh, and, it, and it's only right that we reward them as well. And, and we haven't done that so far. Stags boss John Dempster there speaking to I Follow Stags. You can watch that in full by heading to www. Um 
mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow. Uh, nearly forgot the website address then. You can tell it's been one of those weeks. Interesting to hear him uh, speak there. Uh, wrote a few notes down whilst listening to that about first and foremost about admitting about overcomplicating things in training. I think sometimes you know, you, you look at the way you do a job and you look at the way you try and put a package of something together and you can spend minutes, hours, days even planning something so simple and planning something uh, to try and get an end goal out of and sometimes those meticulous details can be a little bit too much. I've seen it where, you know, coaches have been speaking to, to people and, you know, managers have been speaking to people and it's like a deer in the headlights they look lost they're not taking on board that information I think when you're trying to overfeed that information that can be where the problems come in and I think the way John Dempster has always been as a player has been that meticulous player has always wanted to get things right and he's certainly done that in the academy but like we were saying before sometimes when you go from managing an academy where it's uh, you know, essentially teaching a, a, a class of year ones to go into managing full-time uh, professional football level with, with men, which is essentially like teaching the year, load of year 11s. The difference is vast and sometimes you've got to adapt those methods. And for a young manager uh, to do that, it can certainly, it can go one or two ways. It can go really well or it can go really badly and backfire. And I think you can hear the admittance in his voice there that perhaps the things which he's implemented so far have gone the latter and have gone badly not the way he wanted things uh, to go sometimes it is just as simple as here's a football let's just go and play and the rest we take from there and I think a lot of that comes down to the staffing which is around him we've spoken before about how he needed that his own backroom team alongside him. I know we, over the last couple of weeks or so, he's had that bit of reshuffle. He's brought in Drew Broughton, who's there to try and motivate and try to put put his arm around the players and get them into a focused mindset and not be weighed down by those negatives. Whereas Conrad Logan has taken over the goalkeeping coaches. Maybe we might have seen Bobby Oleshnik play on Saturday if he had not injured his, uh, his finger. I think we'll certainly see him play on Tuesday night against uh, Crew in the Leasing.com uh, trophy. The second, of course, group game uh, in that one after losing on penalties uh, last month, I believe it was, um, to, uh, to Everton's under-23s. I'll kick myself if I've got that wrong. I'm not sure if I have. It's one of those days. Um but yeah, having that support network of staff around you, those people that you can trust, those experienced heads is is going to be vital for getting those overcomplicated sessions and those overcomplicated plans stripped back and, and write. You don't need to draw and write out an essay or a plan to paint a wall. You do the basic things. Doing the basic things will still paint the wall. And I think it's the same thing which John Dempster has got to look at. One thing you mentioned in there as well, this last little bit before I shut up and uh, we hear from Connor Shaughnessy, is that of um, results over performance. That's a key thing at the moment because we can play well all we like. We can play well for 90 minutes and still lose 1 or 2 nil. It's the results at this point which matter. We are 19th in the table five points behind that last relegation space and 
one or two bad results here coupled with one or two good results for the teams below us and all of a sudden that dynamic changes and we're dragged right back in that and once you're in that mire that puddle that ocean of negativity it becomes so hard to get out of and at the moment it's one of those things where we need to rally together yes we try and play well yes we try and put the performance in but ultimately we just do the basic thing of getting the ball and putting it in the back of the opponent's net and stopping the opponent putting the ball in our net all we need is that one goal that one victory doesn't matter how pretty we play we can play really ugly it can bounce around like pinball and come off Danny Rose's left nostril for all I care it's all about getting that one performance which brings us that one result which then sparks the climb up the table because once you've got that result in place that positive result the positive mindset follows the positive structure and the positive mold begins to set and that is where you build from it and that is how you climb out of these puddles it's interesting I wrote on um on Sunday after the game about the scene you remember the scene in the Vicar of Dibley where she's skipping along and just splashing in the puddles but she doesn't see the pothole in front of her which has been filled of rainwater and all of a sudden she's skipping along merrily 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 and then whoosh straight down she goes and that's what Mansfield have done they've been guilty of getting a little bit too overcomplicated with things not thinking about the bigger picture and getting sucked in to negative situations and that one performance which leads whether it's ugly or whatever which leads to that one positive result that one result will then bring the performances and results hand in hand we have to do that as we go to Grimsby on Saturday time now though to hear from inside the Stags camp and the man who is only here for the season he's made a relatively bright start so far played in midfield for the majority of it although played in the, the back three on Saturday against Plymouth that man is Connor Shaughnessy and he's been speaking to I follow Stags I think the performances have been pretty good I think the results probably haven't gone our, obviously haven't gone our way for the majority but I think the performances have been there and I think we're starting to see a bit of I think we're starting to see improvement in the performances all around but I mean like the manager said and like like we're saying ourselves in the dressing room we need to turn them into results now well I think we, we're we're creating the chances um we're putting in the, the hard work, but we're just we're not converting them chances at the minute, um, and that's a that's a that's a whole team effort. I think we need to we need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, that's going to win us games. I think the performances, like I said, have improved over the last over the five games I've been here, um, and I think we deserve more. But I mean, there's you know we can't we can't get hung up on that, and we can't keep saying that we need to we need to turn that into results now starting this weekend uh, at Grimsby it's been really interesting I think there's there is a lot of quality players um, in the league like we've seen and there's a lot of quality players here um, obviously people mix it up there's the physicality of it as well which was expected um, dealing with the longer balls as well as dealing with technically good players so it's a, it's a good mix I think um, I think everyone everyone's Keeping positive, we're all. Everyone's coming in, you know. Like we said after the game, we can either, you know, continue as we are and put in the hard work, or, or and come in every day looking to improve on the game before. Um, 
or if people want to decide to go under, but no, nobody's, everybody's come back in the day after a game and is willing to go again and to work to get to get a result in the following week. You know, we're we're sure once we start converting them small details into into goals, um, things will go our way and we'll just put a, put a run together. We know we know that's going to happen as a group. So we're just hoping we can everyone can stick together, the fans, and get behind us and the management and. And we'll we'll pull together and get the results. Connor Shaughnessy speaking to I Follow Stags earlier this week. Again, you can watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. He believes the performances will come. He believes the results will come too. Well, let's hope that they do sooner rather than later. Of course, it's a tough month coming up for the Stags, but one in which, and I don't think this is. Uh, uh, a bold statement to make. I think this is a fair statement to make. It's a month in which Mansfield Town simply cannot afford to lose any games. We have to get through this month unbeaten. We have to get through this month uh, putting together at least uh, a bare minimum of two victories, even as far to say as, as three victories. Looking at the fixtures we've got then, of course, uh, Grimsby away on Saturday at Blundell Park. Obviously, uh, nice to be nice to see Matt Green uh, once again. Crew at home in the uh, EFL uh, Leasing.com trophy, the second of uh, three group games uh, in that one on Tuesday night, followed by a home game uh, against Oldham on Saturday the uh, 12th. A lovely trip to Forest Green on the 19th of October. Rain, rain, please stay away for that one. Salford City at home on the 22nd of October, Tuesday night. A quick turnaround for that one. And then the month concludes with a uh, trip to Warsaw on the 26th uh, of October. So if you look in there, then what's that? One, two, three, four, five league games. For me, it's a minimum of uh, two victories uh, I'd actually go as far to say a minimum of three victories and two draws uh, for that one. If you look at the uh, current table at the moment, difficult place to go will be Forest Green, obviously fourth uh, in the table at the moment. Grimsby themselves are doing uh, relatively well. They're up in the playoffs at the moment as well, in seventh place uh, with uh, five wins and three draws from their opening 11 games uh, so far. Other tough fixtures in there as well, obviously uh, Oldham, uh, Salford and Warsaw Oldham at the moment just below us uh, on the same amount of points in 19th Salford just above us in 18th so those two games uh, if you look at on paper uh, certainly games in which we need to be taking uh, maximum points from then obviously Warsaw mid-table at the moment on uh, in 14th on 15 points uh, 5 ahead of us that table will start to take shape more and more and will start to mould come the end of the month we have to look at going through this month unbeaten uh, for me uh, the big game will be uh, in terms of getting personnel back will be against Crew on the Tuesday night Bobby Elesnik looks likely to play in that one Matt Preston will get some minutes after his suspension as he uh, looks to uh, make a return and try and bid for a return back into the first team obviously Nicky Maynard and Andy Cook both need minutes uh, so it'd be good to see those get in, uh, get in play so that'll be a big game for me I would look at trying to go into the, the Oldham game on the back of a victory uh, whether that will happen in the league game at Grimsby though is a different story obviously Nathan gave his prediction earlier on in the podcast when we heard from him uh, which was uh, Nathan went for a defeat um, 
every single game pretty much this this season I've gone for a victory in the Pound Prediction League I'm actually going to break the norm and I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw I would love to see us put that uh, prove me wrong and come away with all three points but I think a 2 all draw at Grimsby will be the result get a win against Crew in the uh, Leasing.com trophy which then makes us two games unbeaten going into that home game against Oldham it is vital that we put together an unbeaten run because failure to do so and if we're still in the bottom half of the table at the end of October then uh, our November podcasts uh, could be very very different indeed that's it for this week I've managed to uh, not cough for a while now I need to go and lie down in a dark room and have a massive coughing fit as I say sorry that we weren't live this week Nathan as I said earlier is currently in uh, Benidorm sunning himself and enjoying a cocktail I'm just about recovering from uh, from a severe, severe case of man flu. Will that stop me going from to Grimsby on Saturday? No, I'll be there. Um, Cam is alive and well. He's fine. He's just waiting, as I say, for me and Nathan to return to full fitness and to, to be available for selection, which, of course, we will be next Thursday at 6.30ish. Make sure you come and join us then. If you've not had enough of me, if you want to hear more of me, I am going to be on Mansfield 103.2's uh, new show tomorrow night with my old friends Jason Harrison and James Brandon. I'll be on there around the table sport especially in the first part of their show uh, tomorrow night. You can catch that at, uh, at 6 o'clock on 103.2 and on uh, online as well. For now though, that's it from me uh, and from Nathan overseas and from Cameron. I'm sure he's loving the fact uh, that I'm ill and he's the, the same one out of all three of us at the minute very rarely happens uh, you can catch up with much much more on our website at mtfcmatters.co.uk uh, there's blogs and there's much much more on there for you to enjoy as well a quarter of the season has gone let's hope the next quarter is much more positive as John Dempster strives to pull Mansfield up the league table and as Mansfield aim to bring three points home from the seaside and make it a grim old day for grim old Grimsby See you next week at 6.30-ish. Touch wood with no flu. And I'm sure Nathan will have a tan as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking by us. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Has anybody got any paracetamol? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.